Welcome to Kaizen Living, and this is your host, Donald D. Coleman. Kaizen is the Japanese word for continuous improvement or improvement for the better. And that's what this podcast is all about. There's 86,400 seconds in each day. Imagine the possibilities of what your life could be if you dedicated an additional 60 seconds to focus on what matters most to you. I created this podcast to encourage people who want to see that change by offering tips, tools, and techniques to inspire you, my listener, to take small steps each day towards that lasting change you desire. And if you're ready, let's jump in now. Welcome back to another episode, and we are still on the topic of managing stress. Today's episode is going to focus on stress that comes from that negative voice or that accusing voice on the inside of us. And I'm going to call this voice the judge, and you'll understand why in a second here. Why I call the voice the judge, because universally, universally, this voice shows up in three ways. And if you really think about this, you're going to see this come true. First of all, the voice tries to find fault in yourself or in, in us, right? So it's looking to find fault in me. First, he always wants to direct the attention on why did you do this? What were you thinking about? Are you crazy? What, what about this? It's always pointed. It's like, it's like that father figure or parent figure that's always looking down. You know, you see those pictures where the authority figure is looking down on the person and the person is small and the authority figure is big. And from the internal side of us, this is how the judge appears to show up, right? He shows up and finding fault in myself. And I want to make sure you understand this. And I want to say this loud and clear. The judge is not you. And you are not led by the judge. Well, Donald, how can you say that? Because I hear the voice and it sounds like me. The judge has been with us so long, we are hearing the voice in our own voice. But the judge is not connected, is not your true essence of who you are. And the judge is not what we do, right? So first, and I know this sounds, first, the judge is number one priority is to find fault in you. And then the second way the judge shows up is is to find faults in others. So you become, you hear these thoughts and these thoughts become very critical, Man, what was she thinking about? 
Oh, what was he thinking about? My goodness, I told him it wasn't going to work. Or I told my boss that if he did this, this was going to be the, the, the outcome of it. He, he didn't listen. I mean, it's like, why didn't he listen? Why didn't he trust me? You know, all these things. But it's always focused on fault. And it's always focused on bringing guilt or shame in the environment or to another person. So the judge, again, yourself, and when the judge shows up, he's real. And I'm a he or she is real. I'm calling him a he, but he's real from that perspective because the judge can make you feel like nothing is going right in your life. The judge can make you feel like there is no hope for tomorrow. Notice I said tomorrow. And the judge can make you feel like everything that you've gone through into up until this point in your life has caused you to not be able to function in today what most people would call a victim mentality. Because of what I've gone through in life, I can't be this ideal person that I'm supposed to be or that I want to be, that I'm desiring to be, because my past still has a hold on me. And that leads me into the third aspect of the judge. The judge is there to find faults in situations or circumstances. So whatever circumstance you find yourself in, and when you find yourself in circumstances, the judge is there, again, to find a fault in it. Oh, you didn't listen to me. I told you that job wasn't going to work for you. Oh, better yet, I told you you weren't even going to get the job because you didn't even qualify for the job. So I told you not to even fill out the application. Does this sound familiar? Ah, well, I told you not to do this. I told you not to do that. And again, it's to bring in this aspect of guilt, regret, shame, disappointment, anger, and anxiety. So now that you have this understanding of the judge, let me say this to you. The judge primary way of doing this is through lies. <laughs> yes, I said it through lies. He's lying about what is possible or what is going to happen because the judge truly doesn't know what is going to happen. Just like you and I don't truly know what the outcome of a situation or a circumstance is. We base our mindset or our decision in the present. We base it off of past experience or a thought that pushes us forward outside of it. Because remember in the last uh, episode, I said to you that stress can only live in the future and in the past. 
Stress does not live when we as a person are living in the present. And I say the present as in the present moment or the present aspect of time. It is when we allow our mind to think or to go ahead and start to anticipate what's going to happen that it brings stress. So now I'm going to explain to you how the judge or how the, the, the negative thoughts that come to us, how it actually brings about the stress. Because in aspect, the lie is this. You need X in order to be happy. What could X be? X could be that, hey, I need to find a better job so that I could be happy. I need to make more money so that I could be happy. Or I need to find a new husband or a new wife or I need to go back to school to get my degree so that I can be happy and make more money. You see? So he always points out that in the current situation, there is no way for you to be happy. So he pushes you out of it. I want you to think about this. He's, he's always there to push you out of the current or the present and move you to the future. And it says, so the lie is this, you need X to be happy. And if the opposite of X is Y, Y happens, you'll be miserable. So if I don't find this job, oh my goodness, I can't, I won't be able to take working in this place anymore. If I don't go back to school, I'm not going to be able to do the things or, or live the life that I want to live if I don't go back to school to get this degree. You see, so he, he uses X as the condition for happiness, and then he gives you the opposite of whatever that condition is to make, to bring happiness is what he causes, and then it creates a gap. It creates the gap between where you are and where he's pushing you to be. And as a result of the gap, you feel stressed because you can't guarantee that you'll get X. And remember, X is to be happy. So he's saying, if you don't get it, right, you, you can't guarantee that you're going to get X. So because you can't guarantee that you're not going to get X, then stress happens in that time frame between you receiving what X is. Here's another example. X could be success of a project on work. Like you're working on a project right now or you're you're in sales and you're trying to close this sale. You haven't closed the sale in three months. So X is 
I need to close this sale. Why is, is if I don't close this sale, it'll be four consecutive months that a sale hasn't been, that I haven't closed a sale and everybody else that hasn't closed a sale in 120 days, they got let go from work. They got fired. So as you can see, the stress in the environment or the stress caused by this thought of not being able to close the sale and the fact that every other person that's been in this role that haven't closed the sale in 120 days, according to the job description, you're subject to be terminated. Now, do you see how stress shows up? But here's the truth. X closing the sale would be great to have. So you want to do your absolute best to close that sale. However, watch this now. Grab this. Man, this is so powerful because this has changed my life. However, if Y happens and you don't close the sale, you can convert not closing that sale into a gift and an opportunity also. Yep, I'm leaving silence here. Because the fact of the matter is, is when you get into that X, and I'm using sales as an example, because I'm just a shout out for all my brothers and, and sisters that's been in the real estate industry right now, because I know you're struggling right now. I know it's tough because the market and the fact of not closing that sale is causing high levels of anxiety. People are losing sleep. Just think about a year ago or two years ago, there were people in the real estate industry that were making hundreds of thousands of dollars. And very few people now are even making a dollar. But here's the point. If I don't close the sale, is it truly going to be the end of the world? Is it truly going to be the end? And this is where I want to teach you when these lies show up or when the judge starts to talk. First thing I want to teach you is this. The lie that the judge points out to you is his opinion. So acknowledge it. Well, that's your opinion. And cut it off right there. That's your opinion, but it's not mine. This is part of being mentally fit or becoming mentally strong, right? And I think I shared with you guys as I jump here really quickly because I'm getting this. There is a difference, a distinct difference between being mentally tough and mentally fit. Because the aspect of mental toughness is centered in this lie, no pain, no gain. And I realize now that that is a lie because gains don't have to come through pain. So by accepting that self-fulfilling prophecy, no pain, no gain, we have programmed ourselves to think that everything that is a gain or a positive in life comes through pain, and that is 
not true. As a former Marine, we were drilled on becoming mentally tough. And the essence of being mentally tough is, is how much can you take in mentally without cracking? Just think about that. How much can you bring in without bursting? But wouldn't it be amazing to not even have to bring it in? And mental fitness, the understanding about mental fitness and learning how to apply and to occupy, I mean, learning how to apply mental fitness to your life is, is this. The key essence of being mentally fit is, is how quickly you respond to a negative setback or situation in a positive mindset. See, mental toughness, you could be in a mental toughness, from a mental toughness perspective, you program yourself to stay in that environment and take it in. You could be there for years. Oh, I'm just toughing this one out. Mental fitness says a person that is mentally fit or resilient says, I'm in this situation, but the situation is not in me. I can use this situation as a gift and an opportunity to become stronger or fit. Just think about this, man. It's a, it's a twist, and I know it is. I know it's hard for most of us to understand this, but it is possible. And when you think about a person that's mentally fit, I want to throw out some names to you and don't, don't hate me now. I don't want to get any emails or anything like that. So I'm going to go to Star Wars. You think about a mentally fit person. Yoda was mentally fit. Gandhi was mentally fit because he operated in a high level of understanding. Jesus was mentally fit. See, there are a number of people even today that we see that they're right around you, that they're mentally fit. They always, in a negative situation, they're always showing up and they're not, watch this, they're not finding fault in others. They're not showing up with guilt, regret, shame, or disappointment, or anger, or an anxiety, but they're showing up in a, in a, in a mindset of expiration. They're offering empathy. They're thinking about innovativeness. They're inspiring. Are they using inspiration to cause them to do something else? This is how you conquer stress. Because when you strive or you stay in that toughness mindset, you're bringing more stress on you versus keeping that situation outside and converting it into an opportunity to do something. So now, how do you do this? How do you shift this? You shift it through con contemplation. And I want to give you this, right? Because here's the point. Because in that example of closing the sale, right? Or not closing the sale. 
The bottom line is, is when you go into this opportunity or when you take this and you say, hey, I can convert this situation X, the sale or not closing the sale into a gift or opportunity, there's nothing to stress about. Because you're saying his at the end of the day, there's going to be something good that is that will come out of this situation no matter what. So when you're in the situation, and I'm using the word contemplation here because most people will go into a state of reflection. I don't want you to reflect on what has transpired in the past. I want you to contemplate or to start to identify the lie that is causing the stress. So I want you to think about a lie that is causing you stress right now. I want you to just really take a moment to identify that. I'm going to walk you through this right now. Yep, that's what I'm going to do. I want you to identify a lie that is causing you stress. So if why happens, it will be bad, right? So here's the thing. Now, Y is the opposite of what X is. So contemplate on how that is a lie. And now even, I want you to go even further. I want you to think about what is the worst case scenario of what would happen if X came, if X was the end result. What is that worst case scenario? So let's use the salesperson as the example. If X is the worst case scenario for that salesperson would be what? Losing their job. So the lie would be, I'm going to lose my job. I don't have my, I won't have money to pay my rent or to pay my car payment or to do all these other things. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my car. I'm going to lose all these other things by not being able to close that sale. I want you to get this. And as a result of that, stress, anxiety, anger, all this stuff is in there. And as a salesperson, let me give you, yeah, from my experience, as a salesperson, when you start to feel stress as you're trying to communicate with people, you, you get to this place of what I call pressing. You press in sales situations and the person you are trying to, are you working with, not trying, but you're working with, they feel that press and they put up a wall. They don't want anything to do with it. So when you press, it actually is working against the outcome that you're looking to do. And the other thing that we do when we get into that stressful situation, we avoid listening from that, like in the sales, right? We avoid listening. Our, our hearing mechanism slows down or, or, or cuts off and we can't even hear the signs that says, you know what? I'm really wasting my time with this guy. So we put false hope in that only situation right there. And at the end of the day, when it doesn't manifest, the judge shows up and he beats us 
down. Man, have I been there. Oh, my goodness, have I been there. I've been at the place of pressing. I've been at the place of false hope. I've been at the place of living in the results. I've been at the place of losing my job. Yes, me. I lost my job. My position was eliminated after 20 years of working in an organization and producing massive profits for the organization as a direct result of COVID. Gone. 20 years. Gone. What were the thoughts, man? Oh, what are you going to do, Don? Donald, what are you going to do? <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. You were making uh, you were making a lot of money here, man. How are you going to make this thing work? How are you going to pay your mortgage? How are you going to do all these other things? You see, now stress could t- immediately come in. But the gift in this opportunity, and I'm going to be real with you for me, the gift in this opportunity was immediately the gift that showed up was Now you have no excuse to start your organization. So what I'm going to share with you is, is this. You don't need X to be happy. And in every situation, there is always a gift and an opportunity. So contemplate and identify the lie that the judge shares with you. And if the worst case scenario, focus on what that worst case scenario is and then determine how are you going to use that worst case scenario as a gift. And by causing this worst case scenario. By converting this worst case scenario into a gift, this will eliminate the main source of stress. But now I want to give you the three gifts of power to help you or so that you can understand how do you convert worst case scenario or the lies into a gift. And an opportunity. Number one, the first gift of power is this it's the gift of knowledge. So, what knowledge would I need to gain so that the payoff, watch this now, so that the payoff in the future could be much greater than what it is costing me now? So now this comes back to me. So what knowledge can I gain on the inside or what knowledge can I obtain to make the payoff in the future greater than what it's costing me now? Wow. That question alone is a powerful question that causes you To really go in deep. What knowledge would I have to gain? 
not anybody else. It doesn't go anywhere. It goes to you or to me. What what do I have to do? So it puts the buck right back on me. What knowledge would I have to gain in order that the payoff or the outcome in the future could be much larger than what it is costing me now? Right. So think about it. That same salesperson. So the knowledge that I would have to gain in this situation, right, if I lose the sale or if I win the sale, what knowledge am I going to gain in that situation? That's going to impact me, that's going to provide inside of me now and for the future. That'll cause this thing to be much larger than what I'm experiencing, that stress or whatever it is that I'm feeling now. That is the first gift of power, which is knowledge. The second gift is what I call, it's the gift of power. Now, the the key here with this is, is the gift of power is I want you to think about going to a gym. So I want you to see the problem as a weight in the gym against which you're going to use it to build up muscles to grow. You're going to build up a muscle to grow. So the problem is, right? What did he, what did he say? X, right? The problem is, is I need to close the sale. I'm using sale as an example, or I need my husband or whatever it is, better relationship. So now you're going to use that thought or that lie whenever he brings it to you. You're going to use that lie as a weight to be able to exercise mentally and to grow in other aspects of your life. Grow in empathy. Now you can empathize with other people that are in that. You can grow in in exploration. You can grow in exploration. You can grow in multiple different ways if you are able to consider this as being a weight that you're going to use as a bench press, that's what I call it. You use it as a bench press, so you can use it as dumbbells and you start to curl. So what gift are you going to grow in by using this situation? Are you going to strengthen it? The last thing that I want to bring out is the last gift is the gift of inspiration. (laughs) So as a result of being in this situation or when that lie shows up, use that lie and commit to an inspiring action that you wouldn't have done If this bad thing hadn't happened, because now this action becomes a gift. I'm going to use this as an example. I have a client that I'm working with and, and we use this very thing of inspiration. And it was, 
the this negative thought has was constantly keep coming to him. And I and I expressed to him, I said, hey, one try this. Every time that mental thought comes to you, I want you to think about something that you can do that could be a benefit for you because the person was he's been working out, he's trying to get stronger and losing weight. So we came up with this thought is every time this thought happens, drop down and do 10 push-ups. Use the thought as a trigger to do something else. So for instance, you might be, maybe, I'll just use as an example, you may have wanted to read more or write a book. So when that situation pops up, then you go and you devote 10 to 15 minutes to writing. Or from a spiritual perspective, whenever the enemy shows up and he throws out a, a, a negative situation or a circumstance to you, you, hey, use that as a trigger to say, hey, I'm going to go into prayer. I want to go into meditation. I want to do something that I would not have done in that case. This is how you convert those negative situations or worst case scenarios or thoughts into a gift. The gift and the opportunity. You convert it by learning something new, by new knowledge. You convert it by using it as a weight that you can become stronger as a result of this. And then you can use it as inspiration to step into something that you wouldn't have stepped into as a result of this circumstance that you're in. So what am I saying? I'm saying to you stress is real. Yes, it is. However, if we understand and know how to manage or live in that stress, stress can be a vehicle for us. And no, I'm not saying no pain, no gain. That's a lie. I'm saying that stress doesn't have to come on the inside of us. We can keep stress at bay by understanding that it's a lie from the very beginning. Stress wants to keep us in the past or move us to the future. But my desire, and let's say your desire would be, is to remain in the present. And I hope this has been very helpful for you. And again, I'm going to attach in the mental resiliency assessment in here. And hopefully this assessment will bring enlightenment to where you are mentally right now. Because by becoming mentally fit, it will change your whole outlook on any situation or circumstance by knowing that you are mentally fit versus becoming mentally tough. Thank you guys. And I look forward to the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of Kaizen Living. And before you go, I have two questions for you. What new insights did you gain from this episode? And how will you apply those new insights? 
Remember, there's 86,400 seconds in each day. And imagine the possibilities of what an additional 60 seconds could do towards helping you achieve those things that matter most to you. Thanks again, and don't forget to subscribe.